You're listening to the Bible Nerd Podcast, a weekly show where we're exploring the world of the Bible, helping you fall more in love with Jesus, and building a thoughtful defense for the Christian worldview. I'm your host, Steve Schramm. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, my friends. It is so wonderful to be back. I was looking the other day, my heavens, it has been May, I think, since I have recorded an episode of the Bible Nerd podcast, and it has just been too long. And I am excited to be back with you. I'm pleased to say that um, this uh, this podcast is is back. We should, at the very least, have something um, most weeks of the of the month. I have made a a, a commitment, which I'm going to tell you a little bit about here. Um, with a friend of mine, uh, we're going to be doing a conversation series, and I'm, I'm just really excited to dive to dive into it. I, I wanted to say just just real quick, you can skip ahead a few minutes if you if you want to dive into that. I thought maybe since it's been a little while, and I, I definitely have a. A, a a loyal listenership that I'm super thankful for. I thought maybe I would just give a little bit of a life update here at the beginning um, about how things are going, and then dive in um, to the the content. So just real quick, uh, if you are uh, new to this podcast, you're just hearing it for the first time. My name is Steve Schram. This is the Bible Nerd Podcast. We talk about theology, apologetics, creation, you know, science, philosophy. Um, and just diving deep into into biblical theology, biblical thought, and biblical themes. I think everybody should be a Bible nerd. Okay, if you're a Christian, you should be a a Bible nerd. Growing up, that's as a as a Jew or you know as a as a as a early Christian in the early Christian communities, it, it wasn't a you know being a Bible nerd was not really optional. It was it, it it informed everything about your life, and I think that should be no different today. Sadly, though, so many of us, um, you know, living in the West, are are in a mindset where like the 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 Bible and those things are are less important to us. Now we have jobs and we have families and, and, and careers and we have um, hobbies and, and and interests, and we're just trying to survive through things like the pandemic, etc. And we have all of these uh, things that are that are pining for our attention, and a lot of times the Bible takes second fiddle, if that we are lucky to spend any time with it at all. And so I think you should be a Bible uh, nerd, and that's what this podcast is about. Now myself, I um, I left my uh, I left my 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 full time job in January of 2021, and my my earnest and sincere hope and prayer was that when I left, it would actually give me more time to dive consistently back into ministry work. And the reality is the exact opposite happened. Um, praise the Lord. I got so busy doing the, um, the, the marketing and the web design work that I do full time that I, I really didn't have that much time that I could have devoted to ministry stuff. And the time that I did devote to ministry activities beyond um, what I did it with my work, I actually help a lot of ministries in my work. So I feel as though my work itself is a um, ministry and I, I get to do a lot of uh, ministry work even in that um, most of the actual, you know, official, so to speak, ministry work that I've been doing has been in the context of my local church. The Lord has really just allowed me to be used there, and I'm very thankful for that. And, um, you know, being able to, to teach in our in our small groups and oftentimes on our Wednesday nights. And it has just been a blessing to be able to use the interests and the passions that the Lord has given me around these biblical subjects and biblical themes to make a difference in my own local 
local congregation. So I am 100% thankful and, and grateful for that. And I, I, I do, um, wish that over the past few months here that I had been able to keep up things from the ministry perspective online, be it writing or speaking uh, here in the podcast or, or even doing videos. But I trust and, and hope that you understand where my absence has been with those uh, things. So I just wanted to give you that. Things have been going great. Our family has been uh, really good and we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, homeschooling and things with, we have four kids, two of them in school. And so there are challenges that, that, uh, that we have, but you know, we do feel pretty strongly, um, you know, about, about not wanting to send our kids to Egypt for their education. Uh, and, and so I don't want to go off on a tangent there, but just, we could use your prayer. We could certainly uh, use use that. And, uh, we would appreciate that. You're welcome to reach out anytime. Of course, Steve at stevestram.com and I'll, uh, I'll respond as I can sometimes. Um, you know, again, things get pretty busy and I may not be able to respond right away, but you're, you're welcome to reach out there or on Facebook messenger or something if you would like to have a, a chat. So uh, I want to tell you what, for at least the next little bit, this podcast will, uh, will be like, and hopefully you'll, you'll stick around and hang out. I think it's going to be really fun. And, and really exciting. And this is, uh, it, you know, selfishly, I wanted to establish a commitment, right? Because I want to be here for you guys, um, on a regular basis. These are challenging days, challenging times. And, and I, I'm certainly not going to pretend like I have it all figured out. Like my opinion is the end all be all like I'm the best person or the only person, uh, that you should be listening to on these subjects. But I, I really do think that the the Lord has, um, has has blessed me with the talent and the passion to be able to share these ideas with at least some of you. Uh, you you'll really find uh, interesting. And so um, what I wanted to do to, to get me back, especially into the rhythm of podcasting and to be sure that we we, we kept this up regularly is make a, a, a commitment and actually bring on a, um, a guest or... I guess you could even call her a, a co-host of sorts, at least for the time being, um, into the into the foreseeable future. And her name is Emily. Now, Emily is actually a, a local radio personality uh, here where I live in Statesville, North Carolina. She is a member of our church. She is a business owner. She is very inquisitive, very articulate, and um, really just a, a, a wonderful uh, person. And she went through, uh, at some point, maybe I'll just let her tell her testimony, but just to give you the brief, um, you know, part of it right here, uh, you know, she went through a, a very serious period of doubt when she went to college. She was raised in a very strict, you know, upbringing, very fundamentalist church and, um, you know, had a, a background that, um, um, it was, it, it taught her to love the Lord, but, but it was, it was very much more declarative instead of, um, you know, ex you know, explanatory, right? So she, she was given oftentimes the, the, the facts of the matter, but never told why, right? She wasn't. And that's what we talk about a lot here on this podcast. The why behind the what is, is very important. And so she came to realize at a certain point that, that really the what was all that she had ever heard. And she just wasn't sure that the what was true anymore. And thankfully, through a series of events and, and the Lord just working in her life and, and her husband um, at the time, I think was, was he was, you know, they were just dating and he, he really kept her grounded because he didn't really struggle through some of the things that she did. And um, the Lord really brought her out of that and, and helped her to, to realize that he was, that he was true, that he was, um, that he was the way, et cetera. 
and um, but nowadays, right? She she's never lost, right? That inquisitiveness, that um, just desire to know the why behind the what, and and I don't think any of us should lose that. I think we should be all for uh, wanting to to answer those questions, and so because she has such good questions and. You know, we talk a lot at church about some of the different questions that she had. I thought it would be just really cool to bring her on the podcast as a, you know, as a as a guest or as a co-host, whatever you'd, you'd like to say, for a little while and just bounce back and forth some ideas, just kind of like a, you know, what what's on your mind kind of thing. And I think she has, by the way, just a very strong background in theater and again, in business. And she's very well-rounded, which means that a lot of the thoughts and the objections and and questions that she has would apply um, to to a lot of the kinds of people that you'll be dealing with as you actually speak to people and try to try to be Jesus to others and, and try to share Jesus with others and so I I actually think that um that having her on uh, in you know a, for this I'm calling it a conversation series uh, that I'm having with her will be uh, a great and super useful way to talk about some of these subjects and topics that we normally do, but being able to bounce back and forth from a layperson's perspective as well, and just having a, a conversation around sharing those ideas and and living those ideas in this day. So. Without saying too much further ado, I'm going to let Emily just kind of jump in here. Uh, we didn't really do any formalities. You know, when I was talking to her, we just went sort of dove right into the content. And uh, so I'm just going to let her start talking and you just catch up where we were. And um, um, and, and we'll go from there. And, and hopefully you enjoy this. Let me know if you enjoy this or have any thoughts or, or, or questions around it. Um, and uh, we'll just keep doing this for the foreseeable future and maybe uh, occasionally fill in with some other topics as well. But just wanted to let you know that, uh, that we are uh, back in action, at least for a little while here and uh, getting some, some great conversation in and talking about the things of the Lord again from a super nerd-alicious perspective. So thankful to have you listening and excited to share this episode with you. Without further ado, here is... Is Emily. All right, cool. So what's on your mind? Well, um, I wasn't really sure how this would progress or, or how to prepare per se, um, because usually I, um, I'm full of questions because something comes up and I'm like, um, are you sure? Like, how <laughs> yeah. does that work? Yeah. Um, and, and the, and the big thing that really, uh, uh, kind of explained everything and why my brain works the way it does the way it does is when Stuart in class made the comment that, you know, God Mm. declares, he does not explain. Mm. And, and, and that is, I think that is where I struggle the most is because he does declare a lot of things (laughs) without any explanation and we're never going to have that explanation. And we probably don't even care when we are on the side of eternity where it even, you know, where we'll know the answer and we won't even care probably, but that's where I struggle the most. It's like, well, I need you to help me and my little pea brain understand why these things happen and why they've happened the way that they've happened. Yeah. So I don't know if there was like a particular topic in which you wanted to dive into. Yeah. Um, not necessarily. I, I will, I guess I'll comment just real briefly on that and then we can just kind of see where it goes from there. Um, um, but like I, if you notice like the why questions are really the hardest ones to answer, but there's, there's like a, there's like a middle ground. So like a lot of Christians grow up and just, just for, you know, to, to provide a little bit of context, I grew up, you know, very independent, fundamental 
Baptist. That is my background. And if you don't know what that is, well, that I don't have time to necessarily go into all that. Emily, did you, was that your background as well? Yeah, yep. absolutely. Okay. I have be thoroughly. Gotcha. Okay. And, and, and I have, you know, I don't, uh, this is not an IFB bashing podcast, right? So like, uh, you're, 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 you're welcome to be here. I'm just saying that like, like I grew up in, um, in that background and sometimes in that background, unfortunately asking, uh, questions at all is not something that comes up a lot. It, it, it is, it is very much thus saith the Lord and don't dare question the Lord or, or something bad is going to happen to you, or you must n not truly have enough, uh, faith or whatever it may be. Right. And, and so there's this balance where like, uh, what I want to say here is that we're actually allowed to ask more questions of God and of the Bible than many people think because of their background. And that's especially true in the background that, that you and I share. Mm -hmm. Um, what's interesting about that is, and there's another corollary here. I'm going to try not to rabbit trail here, but like, there's also this idea of mystery. A, a lot of times, um, even theologians and, and and people will appeal to this idea of mystery. Oh well, well God is is so big and so great and so mighty. You know, there's nothing my God cannot do. That it's like that you we just couldn't ever know. So why ask anyway? Right? Like like God is God is kind of you know on on level ten and we're kind of like on on level point two. So like why you know sh how do we even like how dare we ask these questions that that kind of thing and so what i want to say is there's just there's just huge middle ground like like one practical example is the issue of like god's sovereignty versus the free will of man like what a lot of people want to do is just totally punt to mystery and be like oh well it's just mysterious god's got it worked out amen and okay all right, cool. Like I like okay, I'm not like trying to say that God's like wrong or anything. Like of course, um God knows more. God wouldn't be worth serving if he wasn't higher and greater and and mightier than we. I mean, we don't want to fit him into our little box, certainly. However, God actually does give us 66 books full of information and there is a lot of declaration, but if you're willing to dig, there also is some explanation there, or at least there's, you can make a, there's a philosophical term called an inference and, and you can infer from different parts of scripture by sort of putting the pieces together and connecting the dots. You can infer some things. And, and for example, one of the ways that one of those things is I, I think that I personally do have a grasp on how, you know, the sovereignty of God and the free will of man work together. I'm still willing to say that there's some you know, uncertainty in my opinion there. And, and certainly I don't, I might not have it a hundred percent right, but I don't think that's something that we just have to punt to, to mystery on. So that's just like a, you know, another e example of like, well, okay, we may not be able to answer all of our why questions, but there's a lot of how questions, a lot of what questions that we are allowed to ask and that the Bible does answer. And I, I guess I'll say this, and then I'll let you kind of come back too. Um, we're also allowed to ask the why questions 
even without a resolution. I mean, if you just look at like the Lamentations, or if you look at the Song of Solomon, or if you look at the appeals of David in the Psalms, right? He's, or, or Job is, is another great example. Why is this happening to me? This makes no sense. I don't under understand. And yeah, God's response, especially to Job, is like, well, I'm God and you're not, right? Like, so we may not be happy with his response, but I think it's telling that even the authors of scripture are allowed to ask these questions and they do. So why can't we, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the big thing for me is I, we live in a world, a very, very colorful world now where maybe before it was very black and white, mm. where there's, you know, this is the way we do it. This is tradition and everybody just kind of follows suits. I'm, there are so many people now with so many different beliefs and who explore those beliefs or, 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 or whatever the case may be in the colorful world that we live in. I want to be prepared, you know, mm. and, and I hate to say that with my upbringing, because I didn't ask a lot of questions, because like you said, it's almost like you're told not to, you're, you're told not to explore it as what it is, yeah. but it really isn't black and white like that anymore. Because when I have someone, um, you know, in the theater background that I have, if, if they start questioning me, not because they're like, you know, genuine and they want to just, you know, ask me questions, but when they start questioning why I believe the way I believe and why, you know, everything I do is to glorify the Lord in, in some way or fashion, even if it comes down to performing on stage for um, whatever play that I'm in, I want to have answers for them, you know, yeah. and, and I feel like they are, they're, they're not really looking for an answer per se, as much as because so many Christians aren't able to answer that. I would like to have that in my back pocket to be able to say, well, you know, not necessarily that I know all the concrete answers, but that I'm able to answer in a manner that is, that I'm comfortable with, that I'm proud of, instead of just looking at them and saying, I don't know, like, Mm. that's always what I've been told. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So one one really practical way I think to do that is um, is okay bec- because I was listening to a sermon uh, in preparation for. So I taught at church last night and I taught on um, mercy, on the mercy of God. And I was I was listening to a, a sermon actually by John Piper, and, and there are like a lot of I don't know if you know who he is. He's a pastor. There's different opinions about him from different sides. Whatever um, that could be said of almost anybody. But he said something. That was really just interesting to me. He he spent an entire uh, message on this idea of uh, of therefore that 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 Christians have a therefore. He was specifically talking about Romans. Oh, oh goodness! I think it's Romans twelve. Yeah, I think it's Romans twelve, where he's like, you know, therefore Christians, you know, be renewed by you know the the thoughts of being renewed in your mind. I'm, I'm, it's actually slipping the verse, but but the point is that Paul has just spent. 11 chapters saying all of these things. And then what he's going to do is say, therefore, right. And then spend the next five or so chapters talking about um, like why we should live the way that we should based on all of this other context. And that other context has to do about, again, being, being redeemed by the Lord being, being, uh, you know, Romans one talks about creation. And so the point is we have a, therefore we have something to build our life, our demeanor, our actions, around. It's not just, oh, we do this because mommy and daddy told me, or, or we do this because of we, we're trying to appeal to some higher ideal, or we think this is the way humanity should work. Like there's an entire context behind our, 
our beliefs that, you know, Paul spends 11 chapters talking about and that the Bible had previously to that point spent, you know, a, a bunch of books, you know, talking about. And so what I think is helpful in those situations, because so many people here, you know, let's just be practical, okay? So much of the problem is that people question Christianity in these days is because we seem to be more interested in in what's going on in their bedroom than anything else, okay? If we could just be kind of practical on that. So like, let's say that's the concern that gets raised. So when we just respond by saying things like, oh, well, you know, the Apostle Paul said that fornicators or idolaters or, you know, adulteress or whatever, like, are will not, you know, inherit the kingdom of heaven. Like, that's true. And, and maybe it should be declared, but it doesn't just have to be declared as though it's a Sunday morning sermon. We actually have context for that, and we can, we can explain that. So, like, in that kind of concrete example when people are coming at me like how come you just hate me for what I do in my bedroom you know that sort of that sort of thing I in those instances I want to go all the way back to the beginning I want to go to Genesis 1 I want to say well look here's here's the deal there's really good evidence that there is a God who created this world this universe me and you and 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 if there's good evidence that he did create then then we should strive to do life the way that he wants us to, right? The way that he has asked us to. And so he ordered creation a certain way in order for his purposes to be revealed and his 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 glory to be to be seen. And we see evidence of that it in science, right? We see evidence of that in the the philosophical reflections of people all throughout history. We see evidence of it in history itself. And so the question is if you're actually Mr. Person who's asking this question, like if you're if you're concerned about truth, then it and it seems to be true that there is this God and that he did create and the family is supposed to be structured a certain way, et cetera, then the most loving thing I can possibly do is, 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 is explain that to you and hold to those and hold to those values. See, it's not a matter of like hate or even a matter of just disagreement because mommy and daddy raised me a certain way. It's no, like there's really good evidence that that this is true. And if it's true, then it matters. Um, and, it's interesting. People talk about, well, people aren't concerned about truth these days. Um, or, or you hear something like people are a postmodernist or whatever. And here's the thing. Um, nobody is a postmodernist when it comes to the label on their medicine, right? Nobody, nobody, nobody looks at their medicine label and says, I deny that that's true. I think I'm going to take six of these instead of two and it will be just fine. What they do is they deny that there's any truth to be had in ideas, you know, out there, like religion and sociology and things like that. That's where they'll deny that the truth is found. And so in that sort of situation, you know, I, I want to hear them. I want to, I want to, I want to listen to them. I want to be empathetic toward them and hear their concerns. But I also want to make sure that they're understanding that when I when I talk about what's true, I'm not talking about like the flavor of ice cream that I like versus them. You know, truth is not ice cream is one way I've heard, I've heard it put. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, what's actually true, like really true, like like the way you read your medicine label or the nutrition facts on your food, kind of kind of true. And if it's if it's really that kind of true, then it matters, right? 
and then kind of seeing where they are um, from from there. So I, th- I don't know. Like, I, I guess I think we do have we do have an answer, but um, we're not used to thinking about how to give that answer winsomely and compassionately and empathetically. And I think that's what's what's missing. You have what is the old thing? Um, you have to like people care. Like 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 you have to show someone you care before you just tell them everything you you know exactly. You know. Exactly. And, and, you know, growing up in church, it was, you know, you got to witness, you got to, I remember every time that there'd be a festival, I would never get to go to the festival and get a jump on the bounce houses and have fun unless I passed out 200 tracks. And oh here my. I am passing out tracks at this festival at 11 years old. And, you know, and, and half the time I end up throwing the trash can because I'm like, if I just get them gone, and so, I mean, that was like the way I was, I was raised and, and they have these little tracks and stuff and half the time people throw them away, but, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I sure. mean, I've, I've, I've got my, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm post-traumatic stress from it, but, um, <laughs> as a young, a young girl, not enjoying festivals, but, um, I got distracted, but th- the point is like growing up, I realized that I, I can't just shout my belief. I can't shout what I think truth is or what I know truth is because no one's going to listen unless you, you care. I mean, that's the case with anything, you know, Mm -hmm. like your holistic, your holistic pharmacist who's telling you, Hey, you need to give up dairy. And it's like, why? Like, I'm not going to give up dairy. I love dairy. I love ranch. I love sour cream on my tacos. Like I can't do this, but he, he shows with wisdom and love and, and caring about you. He's like, listen, you have got to live longer for your children. You've got this, you've got that, this, this understanding of, of how my life can be better because of the wisdom that they have. And that's the same kind of thing I'm trying to show with my life. Those that don't believe those that have um, a, a very harsh, very um, negative opinion of Christians because of the reputation that unfortunately Christians do have. I'm trying to reverse that by showing love, showing mm-hmm. love. And the best example is I just have so many friends in my theater with my theater background. These are non-binary people. These are people who are changing their pronouns. These are people yeah. who are so, um, out, so opposite of, of, of everything I am, but it doesn't make them less of a person. And so my goal is to show them love. And, and, and when, when Grace is now Billy, I mm. will call her Billy because I'm showing her respect. And therefore, when the time ever comes, if it does come, and I can share what my truth is with them, I have, I have just an inkling of hope that they're going to listen because maybe they feel and see something differently in me than they assume that the, you know, yeah. how Christians are. And so it's so much bigger than we are, but we have all these little small ways to share our truth with people. And so, and again, I just, right. I just, I want, I want to have that ability to do so. I want to be able to share that with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that that's great. So I, I'd say a couple things, a couple things about that, and uh, and we'll probably be close to getting to, to getting wrapped up for this first episode. I could tell this is probably going to go for a while. We've got a lot a lot of things to talk about. We're just scratching the surface here. So um, yeah. this is this is uh, super awesome. So just just a couple quick things. So I would say one. Um, um, one interesting point that kind of backs up what you were saying and then one uh, small critique. Okay, so I'll give you this. So um, in 
in witnessing, right? Like this idea that we hear, like you have to pass out tracts, you have to do door to door witnessing, you have to tell everybody you know about Jesus. You can't even go through the grocery store line without talking about, you know, uh, about the Lord. Like at what point have you, ha- have you obeyed the commandment versus not? Like I, I, I literally heard one person, um, one pastor say, in effect, he said, you're either door to door witnessing on Saturday morning or you're in disobedience against God. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not true. Like, uh, that is not like, okay, like, like back up, back up, back up. Um, just, just for one thing, I mean, the way that you talk, like you obviously want people to see Jesus in you. You obviously want to share with other people. It's just that you don't want to do it through shouting. And I think what happens with a lot of people is they, they've, they've heard that there's only one way to do Evangelism. There's actually a great book called uh, from Mike Bechtel called Evangelism for the Rest of Us, that is just fantastic and talks a little bit about this. But um, but 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 so many people hear that like Christians hear that there's only really one way to witness and one way to evangelize, and that if you're not doing it that way, you're in sin. And so what do they do? Nothing. They don't do it. They don't do it at all. Right. Instead of understanding that maybe there's a different way to go about it. And I guess um, a little bit of a shameless plug here, the book that I wrote, it's a short book, God, the Great Commission, and You, talks about this in, in great depth, especially chapter two. We, we literally talk about how to do the Great Commission. There's more than just one way. And so it, it's really important that people understand, like, just because you are not the personality type to go hand a track to everybody you see and, and, and or, or, or even stand on the corner and, and protest, which I kind of, in some senses, I don't think you should do that at all. But anyway, like... That there's more than one personality style, and so more than one way to share. And an interesting fact: there's a writer. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna name names. Why not? There's a writer and very well known pastor named Paul Chapel in our, um, um, you know, circles. Um, that that is he's a well known independent Baptist pastor out on the West Coast, and I uh, got a large uh, mega church out there. And he wrote a book with, um, uh. I want to say Clayton Morris is the other guy's name. They wrote a book in like 2006 or 2007 called Church Still Works. And it was a good book in general. But basically the, the premise of the book was, well, because independent Baptist churches are independent, we don't regularly like collect data like something like the Southern Baptist Convention has. Like They can really easily look at, 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 at data because of the way that they organize independent churches don't organize like this. So what they set out to do was a, a study based on like 10,000 independent Baptist churches to get a sort of state of the church as much as possible um, for our, our you know, denomination or whatever. And even though independent Baptists say that that's not a denomination. Anyway, it's a movement or whatever. So um, um, regardless, they wrote this book. And, and in the book, one of the chapters they were talking about the, the 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 study was they wanted to see how the how out of these I think it was ten I'm I'm doing my numbers the best I can I think it was a survey of ten thousand churches and they wanted to see how many people were still in church after ten years and I'm really accessing the uh, the, the memory databases here so um and and they. 
what they did was they they wanted to see what the sources were that brought these people into church that had still been in church after 10 years. So when whenever whenever they came to church as a result of this particular thing, they stayed in church for 10 years. What what were those percentages? And the highest percentage by far was if the pastor in himself himself like invited him like like it was a personal it was a personal invitation from the pastor the second highest was if it was somebody a family or a friend invited them to church so the pastor invited or the family or, or, or a family or close friend invited them and these were the these were the vast majority i think was those two guess what at less than 1% of people who are still in church after 10 years, guess what? That percentage of, of, of people that came, they came from door-to-door witnessing less than 1% of the people who were still there after 10 years. By, the own, by their own study from people who are in the movement or whatever, said that door-to-door witnessing resulted in less than 1% of the churchgoers who were still at their church after 10 years. And when I saw that, I was like, I was actually shocked that they published it. As much as we we preach and promote the idea of door-to-door witnessing in those circles, mm-hmm. I was really shocked to see that they even went ahead and published it. Um, and it just, it, it really, and that was 2006, 2007. It's even worse now. People do not like to be door-to-door, you know, door-to-door sales. People do not like that. And that's what it feels like to them, regardless of what you think. Like, that's what... That is what it feels like to them when people come to their house. They feel like like church is like selling a vacuum cleaner. And it's like, no, that is that is not the reality. So what we should be doing, if it's true that that really what makes people stick stick around in church, like if we're making disciples and not just trying to beef up numbers of church attendants or converts, that's not what Jesus said to do. He said to make disciples. So if we're making disciples, then we need to be connecting with people and building relationships with people inviting them over to our house, right? Going over to their house. We should be friends, and I'm preaching to myself here, but we should be friends with people who are not like us because those mm-hmm. are the ones that actually turn into long-term disciples when we do get them to come to church and we do get them to see that there is a, a different way to, um, to do life. Um, and if you have any comments on that, um, you're, you're welcome to, to, to share well, them. Well, I, I just find it, I find it funny because it's so much easier to pass out a track than to actually work at a relationship mm. with somebody. You oh, know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, it's so much easier. true? I mean, 11-year-old Emily would not agree with that because it was the hardest thing I ever did ever, um, passing right. out 20 of those. But at the same time, there's no work. There's no relationship. We kind of forget the whole, like, love thy neighbor idea oh, behind yeah. all yeah, of this. Totally. Because, like, your neighbor, if as long as it, the, you have the same beliefs and the same traditions and the same picket fence out front, like, hey, yeah, we can be friends. But no, it's love our neighbor whenever they're the complete opposite of you in every way. And it's it's so much it's so much harder, you know, to yeah. build those relationships and stuff. Um, and so I just it's it's funny because you know one portion is pushed while the most important thing is kind of forgotten because, oh, you know, that part's hard. That part takes too much work. That's right. That's right. And and that, you know, another whole part of that is when your church is primarily an evangelistic thing instead of a discipleship training center. Like churches mm-hmm. are not evangelism crusades. They're just not. Churches are not meant to be that. Look at the New Testament. That's not what they are. Churches are 
discipleship training center so that disciples can be trained and equipped to do the work of the ministry. Um, so I guess the only other thing that I'd say, uh, based on what you said a few minutes ago, is just a um, maybe just a small critique of the language that you used. You said um, my truth, and and a lot of times that terminology, and you may not mean it this way, but but people who say that oftentimes mean to be communicating ideas that ideas like religion and things like that are like ice cream, like their flavors. So I, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm conscious of that. It's not like I've never said it cause I have, but just so you know, like I'm conscious of that when, when I'm declaring, you know, when I'm trying to share Jesus with somebody, I really want to make sure that they know that Jesus is not just my truth. He is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's what a lot of people don't understand is they want to make Jesus like, um, oh, oh, gosh, oh, there's a new book out called Person of Interest by Jay Warner Wallace. And um, he says, I wish I could remember because it was alliterated beautifully. They were all, they were all P words. Um, but it was basically what they what what all religions do with Jesus. Jesus is such an interesting character that all religions either specifically um, try to denigrate his ideas, or they want to adopt his ideas and and kind of conform them to their own thing. In other words, everybody wants a piece of Jesus. Okay, everybody, no matter what the religion is, they want a piece of Jesus. And that is that is just a piece of evidence that makes Jesus interesting. Why is an obscure carpenter who lived 2,000 years ago such an interesting person for every just about world religion today? Why is that? There's something about Jesus that makes him that makes him different. And so that's even, a, I think, a good talking point that you can share with people because pretty much everybody thinks, even though they disagree with him, this is so funny because like, like you're talking to an atheist and, and the atheist disagrees with everything that Jesus said. But on the other hand, they say, oh, well, Jesus, he was a great moral teacher. You know, he had some good things to say, you know, the golden rule and this, that, and the other thing. We just don't believe the whole God thing. You know, that's a little out there. He was just a fantastic moral teacher. And the, the easiest way to combat that is is to think about C.S. Lewis's um, famous, what he called, trilemma. Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord, right? He couldn't be a great moral teacher if he, because he came and declared that that before Abraham was, I am. He, he made himself equal with God. So if he made himself equal with God, but he truly wasn't God, then he was a liar. Well, that wasn't it, and everything that he was just spouting out was was absolute lunacy, and he was a lunatic, then he's certainly not the Savior or a great moral teacher. He was crazy. We shouldn't listen to anything that he said. Or it could just be that the truth is he was the Lord. And mm-hmm. if he was the Lord, then he is a great moral teacher, and he's not a lunatic. He wasn't crazy. He was actually right, and everything that he said was true. And so when when, when somebody comes with that mindset of, oh, well, well, okay, yeah, you got your Jesus thing. That's why I worry about that language, because, yeah, you, your truth, Jesus is great for you, but Jesus doesn't really work well for me. I mean, he's a, you know, he's, he's a, he was a great moral teacher, but the whole God thing, really? And so... That's just a more technical way, the liar, lunatic Lord from C.S. Lewis, um, to to combat that kind of thinking. But does that does that make sense? What I what I was does, getting absolutely. at? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, it does. Um, like you said, it's it, it is the truth. It's it's not mine, right? It's it's that idea of sometimes I take ownership of it because they don't have it, but I do, right? And so that idea of ownership, like totally. let, let me let let me share what I know. Let me share my truth about my Jesus, kind of yeah. thing, but. Absolutely. You never want to, um, you, you never want to pass on this idea of 
this is something that's special just for me because I've done certain things to deserve it because right. that's not totally. at all how it is because we all have, we, you know, none of us are worthy. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a, that's a very good idea. I mean, this is, a, is, you know, little things like that from, from, you know, the universe expanding and, and all that down to just the terminology on how to reach people. Um, I mean, it's, it's incredibly important. So yeah, thanks for pointing that out. All right, my friends, that is going to end the conversation for today. We will pick up next uh, week and, and talk about some some ideas. I think we we might be talking about some ideas as they relate to uh, creation and you know why would God create it all and the glory of God and, and things like that. So stay tuned for that. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Bible Nerd Podcast. We are back, and I am uh, so uh, just monumentally excited to be. Uh, to be back and talking about these subjects with you. Real quick, I, I did want to say um, I am also working on another uh, podcast that actually a few other podcasts, I'm really trying to get back into content creation, um, especially as it relates to my my business and starting up this ministry podcast was a just another great way to do that. If you're uh, you know really in the podcast listing mood and you have a small business and you're interested in you know what you can do to actually start, uh, you know, marketing well, or maybe you're an, a, another person listening and you have a ministry and you'd like to know, well, how do I grow my, my ministry? Then I would invite you to check out uh, another podcast that I'm working on called marketing for the rest of us. I also have a podcast if you're interested from a faith perspective in the faithful business podcast, but I, I really want you to, um, if you have a ministry or a business that you would like to to grow and you would like to market, I'd really love for you to check out Marketing for the Rest of Us. We're going to be talking through my thoughts, my best thoughts on how to market any business in 2021 and get new leads, get new clients, get new conversions. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, you know, it is true that my business honestly does support this ministry. And so, um, it, you know, the, the work that we're doing here is, is, you know, the time freedom it's, it's made possible now by the systems and processes that I've put in place and, and the income, et cetera, that I get to make in my business. So if you are interested in, in marketing or anything like that, um, and, and you have a small business or a ministry, you'd like to grow it. I would love for you to come over there. We talk about how to do marketing ethically. I know you guys are tired, just like I am of being marketed to, in a in a, in a, in a sleazy kind of slimy way. It makes you want to take a bath anytime you see a Facebook ad. And uh, that's not what I'm all about. So I want to teach you how to do marketing right from the ground up. If you have a business or a ministry that you'd like to grow, I would invite you to join me over at Marketing for the Rest of Us and we can continue the conversation over there. All right. God bless. You guys take care. I can't wait to see you next week in the next episode in our conversation series with Emily.